Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the Midday Show. You, Douglas, Joe, Gillia, we're live today. I'm at McGurk's Pub and Grill in Fort Washington. Come on out. Place is uh, filling up here for lunch. And obviously, Philly's game tonight on all the TVs. Great food, great atmosphere. Join us at McGurk's in Fort Washington. And we'll get back to all your phone calls here on the Sixers, on Harden and Embiid. If you were Joel Embiid, would you want James Harden back? Our top 10 quarterback list and, of course, the Phils. Is this real or just the opponents? We'll get back to all that. But right now, we got to go out to the guest line. Elliot Shore Parks joining us here. Of course, Elliot's calling. Brought to you by Cozy Jewelers. Step up to the 50. That's color, cut, clarity, carrot, and Cozy. Elliot, how you doing? Elliot. What's going on? How you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. So, Elliot, what you got going on today? I heard a little birdie told me you got something going on today. <laughs> I mean, I always got something going on. I'm, try- I'm trying to be as busy and as popular as Hugh Douglas. So I got to always well, keep the poop. That that's not that's easy not that to, hard do. to do. Yeah, well, that's it depends that. on what we're talking about. All right, Elliot, let's um, – Let's get your take on this. I'm curious. I think I know what you're going to say. Elliot, if you were Joel Embiid, would you want Harden back? Yeah, obviously. What's a world where you wouldn't want one of the best players in the league, a top 20 player last year, a guy that helped you win MVP, won two games for you in the playoffs last year? What's the world where you don't want him back? I understand the salary cap ramifications, but that's not Joel Embiid's problem. Um, You know, would I rather have Dane Lillard? Maybe, but that's not going to happen. So if you're Joel and you want to win next year, there is no question the best path for you to win is getting back your second-best player. What, what, what we winning, though, uh, Elliot? I mean, did you watch game six and seven with, with, with James Harden yeah. out there? Yeah, they lost, but they also won the third-most games in the league last year. They've consistently gotten to the second round. Uh, yeah, So I understand that there is a world – where you could build maybe a better roster if you could just pick and choose any player. But there is not really a realistic path to a better roster than you have with James Harden. So if Joel's argument is going to be, well, we didn't win game seven, so let him walk, you probably don't even get to game seven of of the second round next year if you don't have James Harden. So I, I, I understand the frustration, and I understand, you know, obviously the game was not pretty in game seven, 
But this can't be an emotional decision by, by Joel or the Sixers. The decision has to be what gives us the best chance to win, especially for Joel, who, let's be honest, his career probably doesn't have, you know, five more legit years just because of, you know, the, the body type and the position. So he needs to win right now. Whatever Harden's cap hit's going to be in three years, that, that is, Joel shouldn't think about that at all. But, Elliot, to me, this just seems like a, a situation where, I mean, you, you make valid points in, in talking about getting back in the playoffs and everything, but we're beating our head up against the wall because it's going to be the same old thing. It, either, either Joel Embiid's going to be hurt or James Harden's going to quit when we need him. So why, why run that back? Because if, if they don't bring him back, they're not even going to be beating their head against the wall. They're going to be, you know, just getting demolished in the first round or something like that. So, I, again, the only way to get, you know, you were on Eagles team that a few years in a row lost an NFC championship game, right? But you guys are still a great team, and you always had a chance to win. And you only got through when you added T.O., which helped. But ultimately, at the, at the end of the day, you guys kept doing things a similar way because it was working. You just weren't winning at the, you it, weren't it winning was, that but, final but, game. But, Elliot, to your point, it wasn't working. That's why when, when, when this is the way the story goes, I, so I heard. When Andy was in there talking about the last time when they lost to the Carolina Panthers, and he said, hey, we got the team to go with, they said, B.S., we're going out and getting a receiver because that was the one piece that we were missing. And you got over the hump because we were doing the same thing over and over again. It, it was Sixers-ish for a little but bit. The, yeah, the, the title point game. I'm making is they, you guys added to the roster. You didn't remove from the roster. Taking James Harden off the roster is removing it. And, you know, I think there could have been a point. Let's be honest. In today's NFL, if a team mm-hmm. lost three straight NFC championship games or AFC or whatever, there would be serious talk of should they fire the coach? Should they get rid of the quarterback? These guys will never win. But the Eagles didn't do that. And I know ultimately you didn't win the Super Bowl, but you got through, and you won a lot of games in that process. So I understand the frustration of Joel and Harden, and they, they have not made it to the final you know, four and, you know, to kind of keep with the same sport analogy. But at the end of the day, they have been an extremely successful duo and have given the Sixers a chance to win a title, and that's what Joel should sign up for. All right, let's get to the uh, Chris Sims and the quarterback list and Jalen Hurts. I, I, Elliot, I'm curious, and we want to get your updated list because we just gave our top yeah. 10s. But I'm curious, what did you make of where Sims had Hurts? We played some of the audio yesterday. I actually thought some of it he was pretty complimentary uh, of Jalen and the things he does well, the things he does great. Uh, but he did have him seven, and I just, look, I, I just disagreed with having him below a couple guys. Like Lamar Jackson yeah. can't stay on the field. And Trevor Lawrence, I still think it's more like potential than he's actually been great in the NFL. He's been good, uh, but not not great yet. So I, I think he should be above those guys. First, what did you make of Sims putting Hurts 7? So I would not have put Hurts 7. On my list, Hurts is higher. But I also think everybody needs to relax about Chris Sims. Chris Sims is not doing this as a personal shot at Jalen. Chris Sims is not putting him intentionally lower because he doesn't like Jalen. He was wrong about Jalen when he, when he had him low on that list or outside the top 40 a few years ago. But guess what? A lot of people were wrong about Jalen. The Eagles were wrong about Jalen. So I think when, you, when Chris Sims put him, puts him seventh, that's not where I'd put him. I would have him in my top three probably. But ultimately, Jalen, in my opinion, has not reached a level where we can get outraged if he's not in the top five or in the top three. He was amazing last year. He was elite, right? But ultimately, he has not done this year over year like some of the other quarterbacks have. I would have put him ahead of Lamar Jackson, and I would have put him ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I think we're fooling ourselves if we think all 32 teams in the league would take Jalen over Trevor Lawrence or Lamar Jackson. Lamar probably more so. But I don't think the majority of the league would take Jalen over Trevor Lawrence. So I know Kristen's name gets everybody all worked up, but Jalen being seventh is not an, it's not an insult to him, and you know, I don't think it's egregious. 
So you know what struck me as, as I was making my list and kind of reacting to Chris Sims's? Elliot, it struck me like once you get past five or six, depending on if you still think Rodgers has a lot left or you think it's kind of the end now, but like around that area, it, there, it's a big drop-off. Like I, I was going through it like trying to do a top ten, and I was like between seven and 15, you could just switch them out. There, th- there's not yeah. much difference. So the fact that the Eagles have one of these top six – like, that's really the story here. Like, wh- whatever. Yeah, I agree with you. Chris Sims, whatever. He's, he's just making a list. But, like, the fact that the Eagles have one of these guys, they got to feel like they could put their head on the pillow easy at night because every other team besides those top five or six doesn't feel great. And I, I agree with you 100%. I would take it a step further and go, other than Mahomes, you could really kind of rank those next five in a, vari- in a variation of different ways. I would probably put Joe Burrow, too. But there is definitely a world, in my opinion, where at the end of next year, we're saying Jalen is definitely number two. I think Josh Allen probably, you know, on a, on a list made by, you know, everyone in the league, I would probably guess Josh Allen still finishes ahead of him. I, I think Jalen already has an argument to be ahead of him. So you're right that from 7 to 15, you could really swap any quarterback. And I think that speaks to, especially in the NFC, how much uncertainty there is. But even that group right after Mahomes, and I think that's what makes it exciting next year, is there is a real opportunity for any of those guys to make their, you know, a hard claim at number two or three or, or however you want to say it. So we're ending uh, OTAs coming up, uh, you know, this week, and the Eagles will kind of, you know, go away and have their vacation until training camp. Elliot, from what you saw last week and just a little bit, give us the name of a player that st- just stood out to you, whether maybe they look like they're in better shape or you saw something on the field. I know it was just, you know, seven on sevens, but just someone yeah. that kind of caught your eye last week. Well, for me, it's Nolan Smith, and I don't, I don't even think it's close. We, if you think about the draft process, a lot of the word about Nolan Smith was very undersized for a defensive end, and that's probably why he did not go where he went, right? He ended up going all the way to 30. I think he has the skill to be a top-10 pick, but he fell because of his size. When you look at him on the field next to other players on the defensive line, next to you know, some of the linebackers, he, he is not the same size as a linebacker. He is a legit edge rusher size. And I also think he has the perfect body type for today's edge rusher. He has you know, long arms. He's super quick. We got to see he actually took part in some seven-on-sevens, which is unique for a, a, an edge rusher. But watching him run after guys who are 15 yards down the field, watching the way he jumped at the snap, I, I really think physically, and which is kind of the, what you really get the most out of these OTAs, it was extremely surprising how not undersized he was and that I think he, he has a chance to be a legit player for them right away. Do you think the Phillies are working their way out of the slump? <laughs> so to me, the Phillies are what they are, which is a 500 team. I think they are a franchise that has consistently shown they're not run at an elite level, and I think that's really hard to, to overcome. You can spend a lot of money. You can go out, sign Trey Turner, and I know he's you know, hit better the last few games. But it's hard when you're not running an elite level like, like the Eagles are. It's hard to be a team that's going to win, you know, 60%, 70% of your games each season. So I think that they could be able they, – they could be at a, a start where they end the season maybe five games over or, or whatever. But, no, I, I don't think that they're all of a sudden going to compete for the division. I think that they, they just are what they are, which is one of the better teams in the NL, a, a team that has a good lineup, but they're not a team that's going to consistently win. So you might be right, Elliot, but I, I just want to set you up to take some credit if, if this thing does turn around. So, we, you know, we, we dove into the numbers here, and it seems like the Phillies are now undefeated. And it's, a, it's not a one-game sample. It's four. Four and oh since you and Kyle Quinn 
did leading off on Saturday. Have you thought about that? Or will, are you ready to take some credit, let's say, if they get to 5-0 yeah. here? I mean, I know before me and Kyle did that, we said it's time for somebody on the radio to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. So we sat there and we did that for leading off. And I don't think it's a, it's a coincidence that since then they've played some of their base, best baseball of the season. So as much as I'd love to take all the credit, because it's certainly something I love to do, Kyle, also a big part in that. So if they do have a parade, I'm not saying we should be on the first float, but at least one of the floats. Yeah, well, I'll just put it this way. Right now, just based on the evidence, if this team has a parade, I think you and Kyle get on the float ahead of James and Jack. Just, I just think that's oh, fair. Without, well, you know, Jack wrote them off last Friday. So I, I, I think at this point, Jack shouldn't even be allowed at the parade. I agree. He can't root for them anymore. That's the, that's the way this works on WIP. Elliot, we appreciate you hopping on, and uh, we'll talk next week. Sounds good. Talk to you guys soon. Have there a good one. Elliot Shore Parks.